0: All right, kiddos, stand right up here now. Let's stand up here. Moms have a special way of looking at everything, and we want to we want to pick out three moms. And so, Miss um, Pat has a basket here, and Miss Olivia is going to help you pick out a name. And uh, so, just reach in there and grab one. And Miss Pat, let us know who that is. That would be Patricia Hutchins. Wow, Patricia Hutchins! How about that? There, that was almost rigged, wasn't it? <laughs> All right, we're going to pick out another one. That would be Victoria
1: Shea. Oh, my goodness.
0: (laughs) Okay. I don't know. (laughs) This one better not be Miss Pat. That's all I got to say. That would be Miss Jenny Hodgson. All right, Jenny. Would you take this to her, please? Let's give him a hand. All right. God bless you guys. But guess what? We're not going to leave anybody's mom out because I have this for you and you and you and you and you and you. Some moms are going to get more than one. And you and you and you and you and you and you and you. And you, and you, at two, there you go, here you go, here you go, and here's one for you, there you go. Now, these are very special, and in a minute, you're going to give them to your mommies. And what it says is Mother of the Year Award Coupon, and it's good for any chore or favor and up in the corner in the small print because you need to read the small print the bearer of this certificate is due the service promised without complaint at whatever time the bearer so desires the expiration date There is no expiration date, and it's from your First Baptist Church kid. So take those to your moms right now, and then after that, go ahead and go to your class, all right? Everybody take them to your moms. Oh, Grant, here you go. We need one. And Gabe and Michael, Michael, they're a little, you know, I mean, (laughs) I ran out. I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right. All right, moms, you can put those to good use. A few months ago, someone wrote this, and I thought it was especially appropriate. She said, a few months ago, I was picking up children at school, and another mother I knew rushed up to me. This is a lady, obviously. And she was fuming with indignation. And she said, do you know what you and I are? Before I could answer, and I didn't have an answer really ready, she blurted out the reason for her question. It seemed that she had just returned from renewing her driver's license at the DMV. Asked by the woman recorder to state her occupation, Emily had hesitated, uncertain how to classify herself. What I mean is, explained the, the recorder, do you have a job or are you just a mother? Ooh. Of course I have a job, she snapped. I am a mother. We don't list mothers in occupation. Housewife covers it, said the recorder emphatically. I forgot all about her story until one day I found myself in the same situation, this time at our own town hall. The clerk was obviously a career woman, poised and efficient, possessed of a high sounding title like official interrogator or town registrar. And what is your occupation? She probed. What made me say it? I don't know. The words simply popped out. I'm a research associate in the field of child development and human relations. The clerk paused, ballpoint, pen, and midair, and looked up as though she had not heard right. I repeated the title slowly, she said, emphasizing the most significant words, and then I stared with wonder as my pompous pronouncement was written in bold black ink on the official questionnaire. Might I ask, said the clerk with new interest, what do you do in this field? Coolly, without any trace of fluster in my voice, I heard myself say I have a continuing program of research, what mother doesn't, in the laboratory and in the field. Normally, I would have said indoors and out. And I'm working for my masters, the whole family of them, and already have four credits, all daughters. Of course, the job is one of the most demanding in the humanities. Any mother care to disagree? And I often work 14 hours a day, seems more like 24 but the job is more challenging than most run-of-the-mill careers, and the rewards are in satisfaction rather than in money. There was an increased note of respect in the clerk's voice as she completed the form, stood up, and personally ushered me to the door. As I drove into our driveway, buoyed up by my new glamorous career, I was greeted by my lab assistants, aged 13, 7, and 3. And upstairs, I could hear our new experimental model, six months old, in the child development program testing out a new vocal pattern. I felt triumphant. I had scored a beat on bureaucracy and I'd gone down on the official records as someone more distinguished and indispensable to mankind than just another mother. What a glorious career. As is true today, every mom in the Bible is a special, special and significant person. There are many that we could teach about. There are many we could learn from today. A lot of different lessons. We could talk about Eve, the mother of us all, You might say she's the mother of all mothers. Uh, Hannah, Samuel's mother who asked of the Lord and trusted God and God heard her prayers. Mary, of course, the mother of Jesus. Uh, We've probably heard more sermons about her than any other mom in the Bible. But I want to study about one today that you may not have heard about or you may not know personally. You've probably heard the name. Uh, The name is Jochebed and she is the mother of Moses. Jochebed is a Hebrew name which... Uh, means probably Yahweh is glory, or it might mean Yahweh is her glory. So Jochebed, her, her very name, said that, that God was her, her glory. She was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. She was the daughter of Levi. She married a- a- Amram. And uh, according to the Septuagint, uh, she and, and her husband were cousins. Now, what we know for certain is that she was a mom in difficult times, And I got to tell you, what mom isn't in difficult times today? These are perilous times in which we live. Uh, Israel was a slave nation, and uh, the order had been given that all boy babies were to be executed. Instead, she acted in faith, and she became part of what is known as God's Hall of Fame or God's Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bible and you'd like to turn there, Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to begin reading in verse 23. Is it warm out there? Is it okay? Is it cold? It's perfect. Good. All right. Good deal. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, it was by faith that Moses hid him, that is Moses, for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, even though she's the one who found him in the reeds. You remember that at the water's edge? And uh, he chose rather to share in the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. What a great heritage. What a great young man. What a great leader of the nation of Israel. So many things can be said about him. But I want to talk about his mom, Jochebed. And the first thing I want you to notice is she saw potential in her son. She saw potential <clears throat> in her son. Verse 23, the first part of that verse, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. Uh, when he was born, they saw that God had given them an unusual child. He was an unusual child child i don't know any mom who doesn't think that her kids are unusual i don't know any mom who doesn't think their kids are beautiful i have seen some ugly babies whose moms thought their kids were beautiful oh preacher there's not this thing as an ugly baby they're just unusual and so he was unusual uh, and and the bible and the amplified bible says exceedingly beautiful Well, that's okay, that's different. Or in in the NIV, it says he was a fine child. In, In the AV, it says goodly. He was a goodly child. And in Acts chapter 7, verse 20, exceedingly fair. About this time in the NLT, the man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. Exodus chapter 2, the woman became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and she saw he was a special baby and hid him for three months. So these were the reactions of loving parents. They knew that, that Moses was a gift from God, they knew that child was special. And I'm going to tell you something as was, was shared with us very, very uh, powerfully on Thursday night at the community prayer meeting. Uh, I'll tell you what every baby is special every baby is ordained by God every ba- you know what? The circumstances of how the baby came to be uh, don't interfere with the fact that that child is special. God is the one who gives life. It's not a man and woman who give life. It is God the one who gives life. And he is the one, Psalm 139 says, knit us together in our mother's womb. He is the one who saw everything about us before there was any of us. He is the one who knew all of our days. Before there was even one of them, and so uh, every life is special. Every baby is special. Every baby is unusual in a good way. There are no throwaways. There are, and, and Thursday night he shared with the, th- this idea that here, um, here, two thousand years ago, there was an unwed teenage mom who went to visit her menopausal. Um, uh, what what's the relationship there? cousin who was also expecting and that menopausal cousin would have been told you at your age it's dangerous to have a baby at your age there's there's a good chance the baby's going to have some problems and you ought not to have that baby and yet and yet she did he became john the baptist and mary had her baby as a, as a teenage uh, mother and and he became jesus the christ the savior and so you know what two high risk pregnancies Uh, that uh, might have uh, had them aborted uh, 2,000 years later. They became who knows what giants for God and for the causes of humanity as lives have been snuffed out. So that's a big issue. It's a huge issue, this idea of the sanctity of human life. They knew that he was exceedingly beautiful. They knew he was a fine child. They knew he was a goodly son. They knew he was exceedingly fair. They knew he was an unusual son. God was going to do something very special. And so because of that, uh, they they realized he was a gift for God. And thank God for loving moms who think you're a special child and see potential in you when you feel like you have none. I had such a mom. I wish you all could have known my mom. Uh, she was my first cheerleader. As I suspect many of you, your mom was your first cheerleader. And, and I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be, um, this to be a heretical statement, but your mom was the first God you ever knew. And of course, she's not God, but she was the first authority figure. She was the first powerful one. She was the first person who loved you, protected you, took care of you, gave you life. She was, in effect, a small G-O-D to you. You didn't worship her in that sense, but I hope you worshiped her in the sense of praising her and thanking her and, and, and loving her as God would want you to. Later on, she maybe is the one who told you about the true and the living God, the only God worthy of worship and praise and honor and glory. My mom instilled in me. I don't know how she did it exactly. She instilled in me I could do stuff. I didn't think I could. You can accomplish things. You can do things. You, You 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 can. My children have such a mom. My wife is that kind of mom to our kids and to our grandkids. I believe too. Mom's every one of your children is special. And your encouragement, you don't realize how valuable it is. It may be just something you say kind of haphazardly or kind of off the cuff that may stick with that young man, stick with that young lady for the rest of their lives and become an impetus to cause them to go on to be what God wants them to be. Moses' mother loved him as he was and expected great things from him. A child should always be treated as a blessing and not a bother. They're gifts from God. They're his heritage. Psalm 127.3 says, Lo, children are an heritage, a gift of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. And as such were to value them, as such were to give them a sense of importance and significance that God will use, and God will, if they give themselves to the Lord. The second thing I want you to notice about Jochebed is she risked her life for her son. Verse 23, second part of the verse. She risks her life. Every mom does that. Every mom risks her life giving birth. There are moms who don't make it. There are moms in the Word of God who didn't live through childbirth because they literally go to death's portal and and delivering that little baby. And she did that as every one of you have done who have a child. But listen to this, she went a little bit further. In verse 23, second part, they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. The king had authority to execute. The king was a a king over them as a slave nation. They weren't even free citizens. They weren't protected by the laws of Egypt. They were a slave nation, and he could do whatever he wanted to do, but she went further. She violated the law. Are you listening? She violated the law to save his life because there is a higher law than the laws of the land sometimes. And the highest law of all are God's laws. Generally, we're to obey the laws. We're to be good citizens. The book of Romans teaches us that, that, that those that are in authority over us are put there for a reason, to, and they, they bear the sword uh, in order to, uh, to make us behave, to make us toe the line, to make us do what is right to do. But there are times when the law, human law, social law, oversteps its bounds and enters into an area where God has already given his law. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, the disciples figured this out, and Peter and the other apostles answered when they were challenged why they were preaching the word when they were told. To specifically not to he said we ought to obey god rather than men so the guiding principle is this is if ever our laws tell us to do something that the word of god says not to do we have a duty to be bound by the word of god as the highest law not by the laws of our government Daniel 3, verse 16 through 18 tells about the three Hebrew children. You remember that? Uh, they, they were told, we're gonna, uh, the, the, the king up I'm going to set up this golden statue. And when you hear this certain music played, it's a, a special music to bring your attention to that idol. I want you to bow down before that idol. I want you to worship that idol. And so they played the music, and guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow their knee. They wouldn't do it. Why? Because thou shalt have no other gods before me. And so... It was reported to the king that these three Hebrew children uh, that showed such promise that we were going to make governors and rulers in our nation because they were incredible young Hebrew men, uh, they are, they're not obeying your law. They're not obeying your word. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, uh, as the, they went before Nebuchadnezzar and said, we don't need to defend ourselves before you, O king. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. You know what? Your fire can't even burn us. If, if it's God's will, he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, ah, I love that, even if he doesn't, if we get in there and we are consumed by the flames, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, still being respectful, your majesty, That we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. And you know what happened? That made Nebuchadnezzar so mad. He heated the furnace up seven times hotter than it was usually heated up. And when they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to throw them into the fiery furnace, the people who took them in and threw them into the furnace were consumed by the flames. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went in and talked with God because they saw four. In the flames, and one of them was like unto the Son of God. So, you know what? If you don't obey the laws that contradict the laws of God, God can deliver you. But if you don't, if you don't, it's still right to obey God. Later on, they made a trap for Daniel, who was of the same persuasion spiritually. And they said, we're going to throw you into the den of lions if you don't do what we say. And it was contradicting the, the laws of God. So he, he, he didn't cease his praying, as was his custom, because every prayer was supposed to be made to the king. That was the law that was passed. And he wasn't going to do that. He was going to pray to God only. And he opened his windows and he prayed several times a day, as he was always wont to do. And they reported him and they threw him into a den of lions and every one of those lions looked at him and said, You know, I just feel full all of a sudden. I'm just not hungry one little bit. And so all night they spent the night, Daniel and all the lions. And the next morning the king says, Daniel, are you all right? Because the da- king didn't really want to throw him in there, but it was, he was tricked into it. And Daniel said, I'm fine. Long live the king. I'm fine. They took him out. They threw the guys who made the bad law in there, and they were consumed before they hit the pit, the floor of the pit. I'm just saying God can, and God is still powerful today in 2016. God can still do what he wants to do in 2016. She was fearless. She hid her son for three months Ladies, how in the world can you hide a little baby who's a week old or a month old or 2 months old or 3 months old? How in the world can you, I mean Cry and whine and want its mama and, and, and all of that. How could, how could that have happened? But the Bible says they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. And guess what? In verse 27 of Hebrews chapter 11, Moses, when he grew up, was not afraid of the king's anger because his mom had taught him don't be afraid of what people can do to you, be afraid of what God can do to you. Do what God says. So she saw potential in his life. She risked her life. The third thing, she imparted faith to her son. I think my mom imparted faith to me. I think, I don't remember specifics, but I think she was one of the first ones to share with me the idea that God was a God who loved me and that his son Christ died for me on the cross. I think, his, I think my mom was the first one to share that with me. In verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Faith moved from the parent to the child. By faith, in verse 23, the parents hid him. By faith, Moses uh, did what God wanted to do in verse 24. And her faith, I want you to notice this. this I don't know. if it, It's just maybe, it's kind of funny to me. Maybe not so much to you. I don't know. But, but uh, her faith allowed her to nurse her own son. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter. Remember, that, that was she put him in the ark of bulrushes. She coated it with pitch on the outside of the basket. She put the baby in there and, and put it, floated him down by the reeds. And there he was. And Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe, and her attendants were with her. And they heard the cry of the baby, and they found the baby, and they named him Moses, taken out of the water. It was named meant taken out of the water. And, and they And they said, now what are we going to do? And Miriam was hiding close by there, and she says, oh, do you want me to get somebody who can nurse the baby for you? Because there were lots of moms whose babies had been taken from them and killed, all the boy babies. And so Pharaoh's daughter says, yes. Yeah, could you do that for us? Oh, I'd be happy to. She runs home. She finds her mom. And, and Pharaoh's daughter said, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take the child away and nurse her for me. Now, here's the part I like. And I will give you wages. Hey, is that a deal, mom? I will pay you for nursing your own baby is what Pharaoh's daughter said. I will pay you. So not only did she just have her son and nurse her son, even in the light of of the terrible edict and laws that were passed, now she gets paid for being a mom. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew, and she brought it unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, for she said, because I drew him out of the water. So Jochebed, in my opinion, nursed him with more than milk. She nursed him with faith. She was able to teach Moses about his people and their ways while being paid to do it. See, Moses had a sense of destiny because his mom and dad said, you have A sense of you have a destiny. And it was wrapped up in his faith. And he knew he was there for a reason. He knew he had been spared for a reason. A lot of his contemporaries had been put to death. But he was alive. Patient and loving instruction had built a faithful son. So Jochebed saw potential in her son. Jochebed risked her life for her son. Jochebed imparted her faith to her son. Last point. She enabled her son to see life through spiritual eyes it's one thing to see light through physical eyes it's another thing entirely to see light through spiritual eyes. He chose to share listen to this that's a young man he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. I'm going to tell you something young men there are a lot of sins out there. there are a lot of things you can get involved in overwhelming numbers. Of Christian, professing Christian men are addicted to pornography or look at pornography. An amazing number of people in the ministry look at pornography. There are a lot of temptations out there. Maybe yours is not that. Maybe yours is materialism. Maybe yours is is the inability. It seems to tell the truth and is lying is just a way of life. I, I don't know what it is, but there there are sins out there and there are pleasures in sin. I, I'm not going to lie to you. There are pleasures in sin, but I'm going to tell you something. It's like Jamie told us yesterday as he took that really long piece of rope and and on one little section there's a there was a blackened out place. That's your life. This is eternity. What a shame to live for this much of your life when you've got forever to live for. Pleasure and sin, but it's for a season, it's for a little while. We watched something the other night we had never watched um, about the 60s, about our generation. And, and, and I was reminded all over again. You know, we, we find fault with, everybody finds fault with succeeding generations. Right? I mean, you know, you just do. But you know what? Man, our generation was was decadent in the 60s. Turned from God. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's what they called it. Hate Ashbury. All that stuff. I I thank God. I was in Bible college during that time. I thank God I was. A lot of that stuff I didn't know went on. Sins, pleasure lasts about that long consequences are forever. So he chose to share the oppression. What what an unusual young man. I would rather be oppressed with the children of God than than enjoy the the short-lived pleasures of sin. Oh, by the way, wait a minute. It's not only the pleasure from sin that's short-lived. It's the suffering That's (laughs) short-lived because if, Jamie, we suffer the whole lifetime on this earth and we have eternity, life without end, to live with our God, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Moses believed in eternal riches with the Lord. Verse 26. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt for he was looking ahead to his great reward. And we're not talking about just anybody here because he was Pharaoh's daughter's son. I don't know where that fell in the, in, in the, the chain of command and, and the kingship or Pharaohship or whatever it was called. <clears throat> I don't know, but, but certain, certainly he had opportunity, not just for a little bit of the, what the world has to offer, but for a whole lot that the world had to offer. But he knew in his heart, eternal riches are more important than temporary pleasures. And he learned to walk by faith, trusting God in a difficult time. And he learned this from a godly mom. So let me wrap it up with this. Here's the reward for for a mother's faith. So moms, take heart in this, okay? Moses turned out not just pretty good, Moses turned out extremely well. He was chosen by God to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. He was the one who took them out of Egypt. What a difference from Proverbs 10.1 that says a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. The need today at First Baptist Church, the need today for the churches in Coronado and the churches in California and the church in the United States of American church anywhere is mothers who will train their children to trust in the Lord no matter what. And mothers who believe that their children are unique gifts from Almighty God. And mothers who will instill in their children a sense of destiny. The little things you say, Mom, go a long way. And moms who will love their children. So I invite you who are moms or potential moms, or maybe you're not a mom, but you, you, you have influence over some children. You have influence over some kids, grandkids. Grandkids. I'm going I'm to encourage you to dedicate yourselves to that task, maybe rededicate yourselves to that task, to trust God for your salvation if you're not saved, trust God for their salvation if they're not, and to dedicate your children and yourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. So would you bow your heads, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask this first of all. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, no one embarrassing anybody. But how many would say, how many of your moms would say, Preacher, I want to right now, right where I am, I want to rededicate and recommit myself to being the very best mom that I can possibly be. Would you raise your hands up real high? Hold them up real high. Keep them up for just a moment. God bless you folks. Thank you. You can put them down. Let me ask this question. How many of you are here are you planning on dedicating your child or your children to the Lord today. Let me see your hands. you plan on, in this service, you plan on dedicating, okay. Let me ask one other question. Is there anyone here who says, Preacher, you know what? Before I do anything else, I need to make certain of my relationship with the Lord. I need to make sure that I'm born again. I need to make sure my sins are forgiven. With every head bowed, would you raise your hand up? Hold it up real high. I'm just not sure of that relationship. Our Father, so we thank you today for the blessings that you give us. We thank you for life. Thank you. I thank you for my mom, for the incredible influence she had in my life. I I have no way of knowing how much I owe her for what's happened in my life for all these years. I'll owe her for eternity. And I'll owe you for eternity because you gave me her. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless each person here today. God, that we would be the men, the women that you've called us to be. And I don't want to forget dads, but this is mom's day, and we wanted this to be special for her. But maybe there's some dads here that need to rededicate their lives to you as well. Father, whatever it is, we pray for your will to be done. In this invitation, if someone needs to be saved, that they would come. If somebody needs to join the church, they would come. If someone wants to come and pray or rededicate their lives, that they would come. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please? As we stand together, I'm going to ask my wife to be right down here. Rachel, if you would be down here. Uh, Nate, would you be down here? And if you're going to come, I want you to come on this first verse. If you're coming to receive Christ, if you're coming to rededicate your life, if you're coming to uh, join the church, whatever it is, You come and tell one of these counselors down here. We'll be glad to take care of it. So as we sing the invitation, come ahead right now. those so who are going to dedicate your children, your babies, children to the Lord, come up here and we will ask everyone else to go ahead and be seated for just a moment. And uh, if we could have the announcements now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is Ryan here? He's, he's yeah. in with somebody? Okay. All right. Come on up here, Jason, Richard. Come on. Is that working? Yeah.
2: Hello, hello. Yeah. How's
0: that? That's yeah. good.
2: Would you like to hear the announcements, everybody? Sure. All right. Thank you. Well, it's uh, a great opportunity to get plugged in, not just on Sunday. So I'm going to draw your attention to three uh, studies that are going on right now. So first of all, Jim's already welcomed all our new f- folks there, and I'm looking around, and I hope you'll like, come up and say hello. I'd love to meet you uh, before you go home today. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, we've got three ways to plug in right now, multiple ways to plug in during the week in God's Word. So the first t- way is on Wednesdays. We've got a young couple's Bible study, which is great. I actually didn't know that was happening. So who's leading that? Jake. And, uh, Jake. Awesome. Thank you very much. That's going to be fantastic. It's going to be 638. Jake, raise your hand again. Stand up. Sit down. All right. No, no, that's the man right there. Anything? Any, see, see Jake? And uh, uh, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm now old, and, and we're getting ready on 22 years, so I don't know if we qualify, but that's fantastic. Wednesday's here at the church um dave and jane dave hello dave dave's got a small group that meets over at uh, marty and milo's place in the uh, k's and dave's back there if you are interested please see him it's 7 to eight thirty 30 on uh, thursday nights and then jen you're here right no oh she's not jake's better half is uh leading the fr- the uh, friday ladies bible study that's nine thirty to eleven thirty, right here at the church um and then uh and if you're looking for a little grace in motion, you can show up at 8.30 and Cindy, Cindy will make you bend your body in ways that aren't natural uh, and doing some of that, that kind of stuff. Um, also, this is the uh, – back in the back, do we still have those books? We still, yeah. Uh, hey, Tom, grab that book there on the back, all the way in the back, all the way. Take a look at Tom back there. There's some, there's some books right there. Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life, you've heard about. This is an updated version of it. All families are encouraged to take one. Uh, and if you're reading along, the fourth purpose is how do you serve in ministry? And here in the church at FBC, we do have we have definitely have some ministry needs. Um, we need folks to run the sound booth. That's great. We've had some folks volunteer for that. That's fantastic. The more the merrier. Therefore, they can they can be out of the booth and concentrating. I tell you though, all these kids that are going on, all the ministry that's going on there, we really need some. Kids, folks that are interested in, in, in helping with the kids. It can be as simple, and believe me, I do this because that's just not my thing. I'm the seven adults, I got that's where i got to be, 845, and by the way, Sunday morning, we're going through the book of Revelation, 845 here, it's, it's a, a really good study, we're really getting through it, but we need some folks to help out with the, the children's ministry, and it can be just as simple as going in there and assisting, because we always have, we teach in two, so there's a primary teacher and the assistant. If you can even just be an assistant, trust me, it's easy. I can do it. Um, that would be fantastic. Either contact me or my better half, I get who's in there right now. Um, we really, we would really like to be able to do that so we can have some continuity in that ministry. There's some times where we don't have enough folks, and we, just, we have to even cancel class. So we'd love to have some folks do that. So I think that's all the announcements. Another oh, thing, names. the
0: bridge is going to be closed oh. next Sunday morning from 9 a.m., until three because of a run. So oh, the yeah, strand the is run. the way to get here. Yes, ma'am. It's not close, but it's just traffic's really bad. Is that what it is? Yeah, if it's a
2: bridge run, you get one there's a lane open. But it okay. will slow you down.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. You. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank that's you that's very it, much, Fitz. I appreciate yeah. that. And uh Richard and Jaisha here. And uh who is this young lady right here? Paige. That's Paige. And how old is Paige? I believe and she knows a good thing when she sees it, huh? Yeah. I know these folks. I've known them for a long, long time, and I, I, I know they love the Lord. Um, in the book of First Samuel, talked about Hannah, and she wanted a child. She wasn't able to have a child, and she made a promise to God that if you'll give me a child, I will give that child back to you. And that's exactly what she did. She was given Samuel. He became the first prophet of God, an incredible prophet of God. And she raised him, first part of his life, took him to the temple, and then he was dedicated to God and became greatly used by him. And so uh, this page here, I don't know if she'd be a prophet of God or not, but she's a sweetie pie already. And I know that uh, our prayers for her is that she will be safe, that she will grow physically, spiritually, emotionally. She'll come to a point when she knows Christ as her Lord and Savior at a very early age. And she's got some good brothers to watch over her and take care of her. And she's going to need them. Uh-huh. And, and dad, it won't hurt to be armed, okay? Because she's, she's a sweetie. So let's pray for this family together. Would you join me? Father, we're so grateful and thankful for Richard and for Jasha, for their boys and for little Paige here. And we pray, God, your richest blessings upon them. We pray, Father, that you would direct their steps We pray that for Paige, that she would come to a point very early on when she understands that God loves her and that he gave her a savior and that she would put her faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Master. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We pray your richest blessings upon every mom here. God, thank you for godly moms. Thank you for moms who are concerned about our spiritual needs and dads who are also concerned. And we'll thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's give him a hand, and we've got a a certificate right over here. All right. God bless you. My dear friend, Ron Rogers, and uh, Fritz, where's that microphone that you had a minute ago? Uh, Let me give that to Ron. Uh, Ron and Audrey. Audrey, would you wave your hand over here so people know where you are? Uh, Ron and Audrey. Ron spoke at our men's breakfast uh, a month or so ago, did an amazing job. And um, so God's laid something on his heart, and he wants to share that with you, and you can have a part if you are so let. I'm going to stand up here if you don't mind. I don't mind.
1: I'm certainly not a preacher. I'm not a speaker. But uh, I need this to lay my feet, feet down on. You know, I felt really good about uh, coming here this morning. I came up to the church, and it's a magnificent church. What a symbol of Christianity with a cross on it and the, the white steeple. I love it. Felt really good. I got in. Friendly people in here. It was really nice. And then I picked up this card, Visitor. I put my name on it. And then I looked down here and there's an expiration date. <laughs> I, d- I didn't feel I wanted to put an expiration date there by my name. But, you know, but it's really good. I'm really glad to be here this morning. Uh, I'd like to also mention that my wife, Audrey, is soon to be a grandmother. Uh, in about, uh, I guess, probably what, three months or something like that. The, the baby will be born, and, and uh, <clears throat> we're delighted in that. You know, it's really funny. She's, uh, She says, oh, this is a few months ago when we first heard about it. She says, I don't know if I can <clears throat> really be a grandmother, you know. I don't know. I haven't really been around babies much for a long time, and and they're just kind of – I like them when they get a little bigger. So, <clears throat> so, okay, so now we walk in the store. This little thing about this, oh, look at that, you know, oh. We walk down the street, there's a, oh, look at that cute baby. She's changing, you know. Yeah, yeah. The grandma is coming out in her, and uh, it's really great, really great. Well, one of the things I wanted to do this morning is I wanted to give a couple of instructions to husbands and, and uh, children of mothers. You know, mothers are incredible. I was thinking about it, and have, have you ever really thought about it? The earthly father had nothing to do with the birth of Christ, it was all the mother. The birth of our Savior was all the And quite frankly, I'm really glad that I don't have anything to do with that whole birthing thing. You know, it doesn't, it kind of gives me the willies a little bit, you know. But uh, anyhow, it is the mothers, you know. And, and uh, I just wanted to encourage uh, husbands, children, use your tongue. The Bible has a whole lot to say about the tongue and using the tongue, how powerful it is. Use your tongue. Tell your wife. You love her. Tell your mother you love her. Tell her how grateful you are. Use your tongue to, to do nice things for your mother. Gifts are nice, but I think the tongue is, is really a good thing. So that's my special instruction to, uh, to husbands and, and children. So this morning, I'd like to take a minute and ask you to think about mothers of children in the Middle East refugee, refugee camps. On March 14th of 2011, Syria was a thriving middle-class country. It was much like the United States. The culture is a little different, maybe a lot different. The culture is different. The architecture is different. But, you know, it was a thriving middle-class country. That was in March 14th of 2011. On March 14th, excuse me, on March 15th, there started a tremendous war. Uh, an uprising, a big void, artillery shells started raining into the city. You know, uh, uh, artillery shells, I I looked up this, uh, a 155 artillery shell, which I'm pretty familiar with because I've had them shot at me before, Um, it weighs 96.738841 pounds. That's a 155 artillery shell. Of that, that only 14.89443 pounds is explosives. So here you have an artillery shell that's bigger than a child at at almost 100 pounds. You say, well, there's only just right at 15 pounds of explosives. But you know what that explosives is for? for? It's to produce 1,950 steel fragments. Shot from Qualcomm Stadium, they could hit this church right here this morning with a 155 artillery shell. That's what's happening in Syria and other places in the Middle East ISIS is coming in they're shooting artillery whether it's 155 or others like that they're shooting those shells in they can use gas they can use a lot of things and they're destroying the cities we've all seen the pictures on on TV of these destroyed pictures they're shooting the shells and we've all seen the pictures of what ISIS is really like you know they come in 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 the cities they come in you know maybe you're a child just think about this You have your family there. Everything is just like here, except for architecture and a little bit of the culture. Dad goes to work. Mother takes care of the baby. The older kids go to school. They have dreams of being doctors and lawyers and such. You know, everything is going along. And then all of a sudden, the artillery shells start coming in. Then ISIS comes in. They murder maybe the the whole family next door that you've known all of your life. You're, what, a child, maybe 10, 11 years old or whatever, and the whole family gets murdered, just as an example, just as an example. And we've seen it on TV. They made films of it. They murder people just to get your attention. Your father is taken away, either shot there in front of you or or retained. Your sister is given to some brute that's going going to be her husband for a night or two or however long he wants, and then he simply says, I divorce you, and it's okay. She's gone, and he gets to have another wife in the next village or whatever. That's real. That's really what's happening. So you see your your sister being taken off, people killed around you, your father's detained, and you walk off into the desert. Maybe you're the mother. You walk off into the desert with nothing but Excuse me. I try not to think about it in too much detail because it really bothers me. But at any rate, you walk off into the desert with nothing but the clothes on your back with your children, maybe a five year old. If the child is 15, 16, he's probably kept. He's probably kept back there. You're separated from them because he's got to join ISIS. You walk off in the desert, nothing but your clothes on your back. You know, you talk about PTSD. We, we know about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. We know what it's like. We have servicemen coming back after, after a, a year's exposure, and they are problems. They're, they're real. It's really real. But imagine a small child, a mother. PTSD, wow, yeah, for sure. So Audrey and I, our hearts, have actual, absolutely been broken for the children in the refugee refugee camps. We uh, believe that all of them suffer from PTSD. We don't see how they couldn't. The mothers, the fathers, you no, know, the fathers, and the older fathers uh, are frequently able to uh, to leave with them. But they're suffering from PTSD, and Audrey and I wanted to do something about it. We can't cure the problem. We you could give a billion dollars. And you cannot cure the problem with money. You cannot. And we talked about it. We said, but you know what? What we can do, we have to do. What little bit we can do, we have to do. So we have uh, set up a website. We joined ourselves with uh, an organization uh, named uh, World Help. Not World Health, World Help. And that organization, uh, we favor. They have uh, a four-star rating. Uh, with the um, navigators uh, it 's a it 's a an organization that rates charities They have a four star rating they ha- out of a uh, uh, hundred uh, their only low score w- was at i think it 's ninety two they got a ninety two in uh, cash on hand well i think that 's what you need to have if you 're a charity you don 't need to have a whole bunch of cash laying around but it 's a good organization. I personally know. Uh, one of the uh, one of the leaders there was at our church uh, years and years ago. He and I worked together uh, with kids. My wife Audrey uh, is a partner with uh, with the other leaders with another leader's uh, wife. So we know them. We know personally what they're doing. You can look them up online. Uh, Ninety, uh, what is it? Ninety-two percent, eighty-two percent, eighty-two percent. I think it is. Of everything it is given goes for direct support. Uh, that's, that's a very good rating. The rest of it is used for fundraising and for administrative costs. But what we've done is we've set up a website, and we have a, we have a card back there. Um, and on it, it's just my card, and I just bought these little things to put on it, and there's a, it's a website. If you go to that website, it's simply audrey.com. You have a ta- an opportunity to give a tax-free donation. And We struggle back and forth about whether to say this or not (coughs) because I don't want any of this (coughs) to go to me. It's not about me, but my wife and I (coughs) are matching $10,000. The first $10,000 it's given, we're going to match. We're not wealthy. Um, Just like the people sitting out here in the audience, I'm sure $10,000 is a lot of money to you. It's a lot of money to us but well, we're going to match it because we believe and we believe if we're going to ask other people to do this, we should be able to stand out in front. So that's what we're doing. If you give $10, you're actually giving $20. If you give $1,000, you're giving $2,000 because we're going to match it up to the $10,000. So I would ask you to think about it. I would ask you to think about uh, doing it, pick up a card. If, if God is touching your heart with what's happening over there, then do something. If he's not That's good. God might have something else for you. I don't know. But if God is touching your heart about this, then do something about it. This is a good way to do it. Um, Give something. There are two other things that you can possibly do if you'd like. One of them is to have people into your home, allow my wife and I to come, or um, I can get somebody a lot better than I at speaking uh, to come and, and tell you about what's happening over there. So that's one of the things you can do. And then maybe those people that you uh, invited would like to um, to donate also. It isn't it isn't just about the money. It's about them knowing that somebody does care on the outside. So do that. The other thing that you could do, if anybody here knows how to do a fundraiser, please talk to me. I have no idea. I want to do a fundraiser. I mean, I like this thing. They have ten thousand uh, they have ten thousand tickets they sold to go over the bridge, about fifty dollars a piece wow, I'm thinking, man, I'd like to send that money. You know, but I, I want to do a fundraiser, but I have no idea where to start. If anybody has an idea or, or knows about that, uh, let me know. But that's everything I have. The cards are on the back table. My wife and I will be back there um, to answer any questions. And also uh, on the card, there's a phone number. You're welcome to call me anytime. And I thank you for the opportunity to be here. And God bless you all in your church. Amen.
0: Thank you, Ron. Our leadership team has already determined that we're going to kick this off with a $1,000 gift uh, to uh, Ron and Audrey.com. The, the link is right there. So if you go to that, click it. We're going to take care of that. Uh, to get, get, that'd be, in effect, $2,000 that'll go. And we encourage you to, on your own, if you would like to, go ahead and to, to do that as well. All right, moms, I want all the moms to stand. All the moms to stand up. All the moms to stand up. Let's give them a hand, all right? Thank God for moms. We love you. Appreciate you. May you have a blessed day. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for being in God's house today. Now take care of Mama. Be good to her. Day is coming up.